Today, Alvin Brown of Kickstart Commerce joins me and Drew Rosner. We discuss the skill sets that led to Alvin's successful 2017 entry into domain investing. We discuss building sites, pros and cons, the importance and benefits of relationship management, automation, two profitable flips. We even discuss the structure and importance of domain inheritance. Enjoy the show. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today I'm delighted to be joined by two industry thought leaders, and for the first time at long last, Alvin Brown of Kickstart Commerce. Hey, Alvin, how you doing? Hey there, Tess. Thanks for having me on today. It's such a delight to have you. You have such a great podcast over at Kickstart Commerce, and I think that, you know, we've had a nice relationship over the years of each of us um, having our platform, but it's nice to have you on ours. So, uh, welcome from Austin, Texas. No, no, uh, no Austin background for you? <laughs> well, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I got some for you. Uh, let's see what we can... Mostly, here. I'm jealous because he tells me he has two hammocks in his back. <laughs> oh, so we got the penny. Right. Yeah, we got the pennybacker bridge. We uh, got the bats, <laughs> Austin bats. Uh, I don't know. I think bats are uh, uh, out of out of uh, style these days, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we we we've got many places that we can go and venture throughout <laughs> Austin. So I just chose the I just chose the wood background. Hopefully it'll complement the the melanin in my skin. Looking good, <laughs> looking sharp, man. Um, and Andrew Rosner, CEO of the Media Options. Hello, Andrew. How you doing? I am good. I'm very good. All right, Happy you got to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Your same old background, domain names as a service. Love it. I'm so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Andrew, most people describe you as boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alvin, um, let's talk for starters. I think most people in the domain name industry recognize you. I love your style at the shows. That's where I met you first. How you introduce yourself. I always see you walking around in the, um, in the actual sessions as a journalist going up, recording um, what's going on in the sessions. Um, and I love how you always turn around and introduce yourself to the people around you. Such a friendly figure in the industry. Tell us, how did you come to be uh, a domain investor and a domain journalist? Or maybe you want to break that up into two. Yeah, so I actually uh, got into, I guess you'd say domain investing somewhat by accident. So I have a background, 20 years in software development, software engineering. Um, I've worked for some of the largest companies in the world, AT&T, Cisco, um, Accenture, the like. And essentially, I also worked in terms of being the IT marketing guy or really marketing technology uh, person for a number of startups and mom and pop shops. 
So they would come to me and say, hey, we need a website, we need email hosting, web hosting, all this stuff. You're the guy, go do it. And so I wound up um, amassing something like 125 different uh, domain names that were, that I registered for clients, managed for them, managed their email, as well as their website. And essentially it was, uh, what was it, September 2012, I get an email for a name that probably total cost in was maybe $30 and it was for a company that was defunct and it did not, I mean, they didn't want it and it was more like, well, Hey, what do you want me to do with it? We don't care. We're not doing that campaign anymore. And so it was on auto renew. So it just renewed for uh, roughly about two years. And then um, after that, so I, I basically received that email, $500 offer. And I was like, well, it only cost me 30. So sure, didn't even try to negotiate, didn't even realize that there was even an industry. Uh, sold the domain and for 500 bucks, thought, you know, hey, I'm doing something pretty good. And then somewhere down the line, I remember doing a search for that domain. And I can't remember um, if it was the journal maybe that I come across, but the domain was, it ended up being flipped for nearly $5,000. And my jaw dropped. Because at that point, I realized I was like, 500, <laughs> 5,000, that's yeah. a long way. Like, I left a lot of money on the table. And that started the journey in terms of, uh, like, Elliot reading up on Elliot's blog, Rick's blog, um, coming across, you know, folks like Drew, um, Michael Seiger. And Mike and I actually go back probably about 15 years to where I was working at a company and um, we were an advertiser on Mike's uh, i6sigma.com. And so once I Wait, stumbled hold up, upon Domain Sherpa. How has that story never been told? One, Mike oh, Sager has his hands in like so much networking. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. so Alvin, you were basically doing digital marketing for a company as, as a piece of what you were doing. And Mike's super successful, interesting i6 Sigma company was a place yeah, so they, that you were they, advertising. Right. They, they, so the company that I worked for at that time um, was known for Lean Six Sigma training. And so Mike's uh, site was really the hub for Lean Six Sigma professionals, um, company, yeah. the like. And so, you know, I knew Mike just by name and just speaking with him in terms of advertising on an annual basis. And then um, I stumbled up on, I guess, Domain Sherpa, um, probably in 2013. Um, and I just, I realized, I was like, man, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unforgettable. Yeah, because I wasn't looking at, at any videos or anything. I just knew the voice. I was like, man, I know that voice. That voice is familiar. And lo and behold, it was Mike. And I was like, well, you know, what are the chances that our, our paths crisscross like this? And so I'm basically you know, began to uh, become a, a listener and viewer of Domain Sherpa. And that, you know, started my, my education and journey. That's super cool. Um, well, um, and, and I want to point out, it's your intellectual curiosity that, you know, you sold the domain. A lot of people have done that years and years and years ago. But you had the curiosity to say, gee, why did that happen? Whatever became of that? I wonder what was going on there. And that's the difference in so many domain investors 
um, is that additional curiosity. What else is going yeah. on in the world? Super cool. Um, that's, what so I tell, that's what I tell my wife all the time. Like, I really don't care what kind of grades my kids get in school. I really don't care about, you know, their specific abilities or any of that. What I care about is like, like I, what I can influence, and this is super personal and this is just what I believe, but if I teach my kids to be curious, then I will feel pretty confident that their lives will turn out okay. Like, it, curiosity is everything. It's just asking that extra question. That's a super good observation test. Like, I think that really is like the difference between so many of the people that were successful in this industry. It's just like asking that extra question. Why did that happen? Why did that happen that way? Why did somebody pay that price? You know, why did this happen now? Uh, that extra question is so key. I like, Drew, that you're saying that about that's what you want for your kids. Um, I know that I had chosen a, a school for my children for many years, primarily because they talked about developing and grading the kids based on a sense of wonder and a depth of inquiry. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's Super. what really moves the needle. Totally. So especially in this entrepreneurial um, culture that we're starting to live in. So Alvin... Yeah. Um, how did you transition from um, working for all these larger corporations to, or did you directly work for them or consult them to um, having your own company and being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so essentially, um, I was going to work for the same company, the Link Six Sigma training company, and was getting my work done in probably about two to three hours. But we were there on FaceTime, so it was kind of one of those cultures of, you're not working unless I see you. Um, so I would go in and let's say I start at eight. Well, by 1030, I'm done and would be twiddling my thumbs kind of the rest of the day. And so I made the pitch that, hey, um, I tell you what, you're paying me X amount of dollars just to come in and sit here. And I'm already getting my work done um, in a matter of hours. And so why don't you pay me as a consultant and you'll pay me likely a fraction of what you're, you know, going to pay me in terms of salary and benefits and all this other, and they agreed to it. And so that's how I launched into um, really doing marketing technology support, or really, I guess you'd say, you know, digital marketing. Um, that's how I basically jumped in or launched that business and took them on as, as clients. And that's kind of, the rest was history from there. Um, and interesting story is that, the fraction that we had agreed to, they wound up actually paying me probably three to four times that. Um, just <laughs> due to after I left, they basically said, "Oh, well, we want to do all of these other projects that fell out of scope of what we had agreed to." Um, and so I never looked back from there, and spent you know the rest of my days doing uh, consultation, software development consultation, and I still do um, a good bit of that today. Although you know I don't necessarily have a primary client, but those who uh, peers that I work with are now vice presidents. Um, and so I'll get a call. Hey, we're starting this project. I could really use your help. You help me be successful at this other company. And so it's all about relationship. Yeah, you're good at that. So Amen. That's really cool, too, that um, I mean, a lot of people would be pleased to work two or three hours and then play on Amazon or you know, whatever all day. Um, but it takes some real negotiation skills to go, especially to a major corporation 
and say, hey, let's restructure this. Um, that just takes a lot of talent and I think a lot of respect. How did you pull that off? How long did it take? Why do you think that was successful? Because I think a lot of listeners are like, dude, I want to do that. Yeah. So I think, I think it all, it, it comes down to relationship, really. I, I made sure that peers were successful, managers were successful, because you never know where people are going to end up. The person that you could work for today may be your supervisor, but five years later, they may be CEO of one of the fastest growing companies. And if you make them um, successful, and so if you, whatever is torturing them or keeping them up at night, if you handle that, they will remember you, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. hands down, they will remember you. And because guess what? They're going to move on to another environment and they're going to run in and go, oh my goodness. You know what? When I was back at this uh, last stop, I had this issue. I had these problems. Who was the person that helped me be successful? Oh, yeah. Alvin Brown was that person uh, that, that did that. And so I get the call, you know, I mean, even the parallel is kind of funny in terms of consulting. I don't necessarily go out and look as much as I do just sit back and wait um, for the call, for the LinkedIn message, for the email, for the, most of it happens either, either via text or, you know, just a mobile phone of somebody calling going. And the first question is, Hey, what are you doing? Are you on the sideline? Are you, do you, are you finishing up a project? What are you doing? And it's like, okay, well, before I answer that, what do you want me to do? <laughs> um, and then we, you know, we start from there and it's a matter of, and it's not in terms of the negotiation of what I, what I get paid. It's because I've made them successful that they go, I don't really care. State your price. They're going to run it up the chain anyway to go, yeah. listen, this guy helped me be successful here. That's why you hired me. And now I'm hiring him to help us be all successful and yeah. people don't mind paying for money when they know that you are a proven entity. Yeah. So two points I want to reflect on in that, because that, that's such a good, such a good point. Um, so one is just reiterating what you just said, which is relationships, relationships, relationships. And then two is sort of the compounding factor of that. And it's about time and duration. And it's like, you know, the old saying of like, just if you, if you just stick in there and if you're just consistently hitting singles and doubles and singles and doubles, you know, if you're hitting singles and doubles, you're driving somebody home. And so those guys don't forget you. They don't forget that you're the one that drive home the running, you know, the, 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 the game winning run. And uh, over time that compounds, you know, and it's like, I, I just, I have one little story, very brief, early days, media options started 2008. This must've been 2010, 11. It was very early days, but it was when we were just starting to get traction. We had this one little company that was, um, you know, buying up a lot of domains related to like personal credit and like insurance and, you know, lead gen. But these guys were kind of nobody, you know, not nobody, but they were, they were, they were <laughs> it was a small shop, you know, independent. They were just trying to build out some like affiliate type websites. And, uh, but they had a, a lawyer who would do all of their domain contracts and it was a, you know, outside lawyer, wasn't internal. And, um, for whatever reason, you know, these guys were buying a lot of stuff. And so we were turning contracts with these guys all the time. And I, 
you know, it got kind of crazy and, and I was, I created a little system just to keep track of all of it. I mean, when I say create a little system, I'm talking about like an Excel spreadsheet. And, uh, but I helped that lawyer look really good to his clients, which also helped me look really good to his clients, uh, my client, but him and I ended up jiving because these guys were kind of crazy. They were just deal, deal, deal. They would just be like, all right, we, just, we wanted to do this deal. They just throw it at us. And I was like, you guys work it out. So it'd be like me and the lawyer trying to figure out how to get this thing deal done and structured. And uh, that lawyer, two, three years later, went on to become the chief in-house counsel of one of the largest companies in the world, one of the largest, one of the most popular companies in the world. And that led to us having that enormous company uh, as a client to this day still, and having generated an awful lot of revenue uh, through because of that relationship. And, you know, it, it's, it's exactly that. It's just, it's all about relationships. If you, every person you engage in, once in a while, it makes sense to burn that bridge. It just, once in a while, sometimes, you know, as particularly the, the, the more successful you become in life, you just realize that like you need to just burn some of those bridges because some people will drag you down. But um, every relation, every person you, you come in contact with. You know, and if you have yeah. successful, growing relationships and you're both building each other up, that's, that's where you focus. Um, yeah, but it's about, it's about daily, it's, a, it's about a mindset. It's about just understanding that, that every single person you come in contact with is potentially a very important relationship at some point in your life. And if you approach it that way, over time with that compounding effect I was talking about, those relationships will drive your career. Just like Alvin just said, he's sitting there getting the phone call, getting the text, getting the email. You know, we don't go look at your business. I don't know if we've, well, I think Chris has done some LinkedIn advertising maybe, but I've never advertised a day in my life for media options ever because all our business comes in word of mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Alvin, how did you, come to, to, so wait a minute, kickstart commerce. Um, I have always assumed is your domain and kind of other related business blog. Is it more than that? Is so, that your whole consultancy? So what, what's interesting is, so we've had, so my wife and I have had a, a, a number of companies. We want, we operated a women's online, um, boutique clothing store for seven years and then right up to the point that we had kids we basically shut it down because obviously three kids um they they take up a lot of time so uh and she wanted to be at home with them in terms of kickstart it was between one of the um consulting assignments that i was just kind of sitting there and just going okay hey what do what do I feel like I want to do? Obviously, I have a software development background, SEO um, or SEM background. And so on March the 1st, I started Kickstart Commerce as really a search marketing company. Uh, March the 1st, 2013. 2013. Yeah, so, so seven years back, started that. And it was supposed to be a search marketing company. And I started writing a blog. And you can go back and read from the very beginning and you'll see I'm, I'm writing about SEO and somewhere in there, I kept coming back to domain names. Huh. 
And so at that point, it was just like, you know what? I'm not really as enthused about writing about SEO as much as I am about domain names. And that's what started the process of writing about domain names. And then um, I want to say somewhere around about 2017, that's where I really decided, it was like January 2017, I decided to go all in on the industry. Wait, so, where were you before you were all in? You were, were you collecting? I, when did you start investing in domains? So you said um, 2012, you sold this $500 domain. Correct. A year or two later, you noticed it had sold for 10X. And then how it was like a couple, it was like a couple, maybe may have been a couple of weeks if not like a month or so afterwards. So that's how quick that happened. Oh, that was a serious flip. Do you um, know, that a, have you yeah. ever looked up on who bought it from you or like nothing might be somebody listening to the show. You want to say what the domain was or no? No. It, well, it was, uh, I believe it was unemployed Americans. All right. Uh, well, that would be relevant today. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Where's that thing when I need it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was like a couple of weeks. And then I believe after I saw that, I started reading the blog, uh, the blogs throughout the industry. And then I purchased my very first domain in terms of domain investing. Uh, I just started buying. And that was one of the lessons that I learned along the way, which was I probably should have spent at least another six to nine months reading, 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 reading. No, there's nothing wrong with your internet. Reading, 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 reading. Like I I didn't and I paid the I paid that price of, you know, nearly what, six to eight thousand dollars of domains that I invested in that weren't necessarily ideal. So think of stuff like I think um if I remember one of them was like one eight hundred coffin.com. Well, who calls it a coffin? Most people call it a casket. <laughs> You know, and it's it. and so it was just crazy stuff that that I did in that first year or so that you know it's kind of like hey you lost your shirt doing it, like but every then, domain investor. And you know right. there is a combination of reading and making mistakes, and Correct. and they go together. You know, like Drew says he's you know spent six figures on mistakes at the beginning, totally. and that's what we learned. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, so from that time, I, I basically recovered, but then I just kept writing. Um, and then, like I said, it was really part-time because I was focused on doing other consulting. So when I had time to look at the auction, I'd look at it, purchase a few names. Um, and then from there, uh, most of the names, which I didn't realize at the time, were parked. Um, but they didn't, I didn't have like any for sale or anything checked on it. So, you know, I'm sitting there holding names, not doing outbound and wondering like, well, Who's going to contact me? Um, and so that's when, you know, like a couple years pass and you're not profitable. You're not successful by any stretch of the imagination. And that's when I realized and started learning and really doing a deep dive on, okay, if I'm going to do this, let me go all the way in. And so that started the process for me in terms of uh, 2017 of truly going all the way in from an investor standpoint, but then also from um, just being a, I guess you'd say a, a person that was visible in the industry in terms of attending events, so meetups, uh, as well as conferences, and I never looked back from that that point. 
That's super cool. And it's neat too to hear, like, you know, I've had Jason Shepard on here a couple times, and he only started in 2017 and has been quite successful. And it's, I think, just very encouraging to the Sherpa network. I mean, you have an advantage with your SEO, SEM expertise, right. um, but everybody has some advantage. I mean, you know, some advantage. And, um, but and good that advantage. is good. That is a great point to make because I would, I would say that, like, there are, I mean, as you can see from the domain industry, everybody comes from all different crazy backgrounds. I mean, if you look at the top 20 guys, top 20 most successful people ever in domains, very, very, very backgrounds. I mean, yeah, you name it, right? I mean, electrician, farmer, fishmonger, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, religious evangelist. I mean, you got, you got everything. Flipping so, smartphones, Josh Reason. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you, you got it. It's all over the place. Wait, who so, is an evangelist? I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so, messaging you in the chat. I want to know. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I, but, but very specifically, I think SEO and SEM, in, in my mind, um, is the strongest background you can have to be successful in domain investing. Because again, you know, I've said it a million times, but I think, you know, understanding how to value a domain is the single most important skill you can have. Very difficult to make good decisions if you don't know what something's worth right. on both the buy and the sell side, right? And um, an SEO and SEM gives you a fundamental basis for understanding the metrics that value a domain. Mm -hmm. Search, you know, search, cost per click, trends, uh, you know, competition, et cetera, right? So, so uh, these are the things that you have to understand fundamentally to be good at SEO or SEM. And these are the things you need to know fundamentally to understand domain values. And uh, in my opinion, I mean, you know, some people disagree. Rick Schwartz. Who are you? Just the, the top uh, yeah. um, global mind uh, in valuation. He's all like, in my opinion. Um, so, Alan, well, are you still really involved in SEO and SEM? Do you have any quick either thoughts or um, trends or resources that you would recommend to the Sherpa Network? Or that's not really where you're focusing right now? So that's not really where I'm focused. Matter of fact, it, I, I tell most people, I'm like, it better be a real good deal that I'm going to step into uh, the ring in terms of consulting with people. Um, but most of the time, and, the, and it's kind of funny because really before I was a domain investor per se, I was actually a domain developer. And so when I started out, um, what, in 2013 with Kickstart, I actually developed a site, and it's still live today. I did it in 2012 called BatsInAustin.com. Um, Again with I, the bats. Bats are not yeah, man. right now. Yeah, yeah so, man. Austin is famous for them. So it, it's crazy story, but essentially what I wanted to do was um, work on my SEO chops to see how quick I could rank a site. And I was like, okay, well, what do I know about from a local market standpoint about Austin? I know that it's a college boom town, University of Texas. Um, I know that it's the music mecca of the world, um, on and on and on. Well, I would run searches and would always find, you know, different sites. And then one day I just ran a search. I was like, that's, let's see what's out there. No sites were out. 
And if they were, they were more about bat wa um, bat watching cruises or tours. And so um, registered batsinaustin.com, basically put together a five page, the, the website that you see that's out there today. Um, and it essentially started from March to November of every year, started making about five to $10 a day. And wow. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I also found out, you know, probably months after it went live, um, I did the same thing for Round Rock Bats, which is batsandroundrock.com. And it doesn't do as well as Austin just because most people are searching for Austin in terms of when they come here, they know it's Austin Bats, not Round Rock Bats. But it, it does probably about a dollar, two dollars a day during those the peak seasons, huh. and so that, those are sites that I develop, and I probably develop uh, probably about two to three sites every couple years. And so, like I did one, which I won't reveal what the the name is, um, just because I did it as of December. But it is related to um, dogs. I'll give you that much. Um, and, and it's actually starting to do quite well in terms of picking up traffic. Um, and I'm using, instead of Google AdSense, so I use Google AdSense on the bat sites, but use um, and the Amazon affiliate program on this given site. So before I was an investor, I was a developer. And so oftentimes I look through the lens of how I buy domains on if at worst, I can go develop a site on it if I can't flip it. And try to gain back most of the money through affiliate sales because with Bats in Austin, I've not touched that content probably since 2013. I got to tell you, I am almost positive I went to that site. The first time I went to Austin, um, I went to visit my best friend from middle school and she said something like uh, we were planning the trip and she said something about the bats, the bats, the bats. And I was like, what is she talking about? And I swear yours, cause I'm looking at it while we're talking. I swear that's the site I went to. But anyway, um, so how long does it take you to throw up a quick site like this? Because if you're saying you do two or three a year and you've done yep. this since 2013, that's seven years, two or three a year is 14 to something, and they're making a dollar to $10 a day, you're basically looking at one to $2,000 a month of random revenue. Right, now I've had to, now I've had to, some of those I've had to retire. For instance, I had uh, roundrockfirewood.com, which it was a one, one page site that it ranked well, and what it was was a lead gen, so people would pick, so you, not to get too far into the details, but you sell firewood by cords. Um, so just think of them as bundles, if you will. And so we had on there, you can buy one cord, two cords, three cords, four, or a full cord. And essentially I worked at partnership with um, a local person here that I would basically send them the leads. Well, then they went out and got their own site. Well, they didn't need me anymore. Um, now I tr could have tried to find, you know, someone else but at that point I was just like yeah it, it it served its purpose let's retire that I did the same thing with um, HVAC and so heating ventilation air conditioning I had a site here called roundrockacrepair.com which is since I retired it um, just because it, it's such a competitive industry to try to keep a domain ranked um, and doing yeah, well you gotta you gotta put in work that's it and so, so this is the, like you're balancing out I mean, you're not doing this for the revenue, but it is nice, obviously, to get any revenue. Um, but you're doing it to kind of keep keep your 
expertise and Correct. what's happening in that space. Correct. Okay. So how do you, go ahead. What did you want to say? Yeah. So, so to answer your question in terms of how long though, um, you know, like with, uh, I'll give the dog site for instance, cause it's the most recent. Um, I put together a list of topics, probably 20 different topics, uh, list them out. And then I go to probably one of my favorite resources, Upwork to hire writers. And so I can edit faster than I can create content. Um, just from scratch. And so if I have an idea, I can put the idea in and say, hey, give me a 600, 700 thousand word post on this given topic. S uh, ship it out, you know, probably spend anywhere from five to ten dollars on that article, maybe, maybe a little bit more, depending on if it's really long form. So like two thousand words or more, get it back. And because I can edit faster, I can wrap my voice around their research. And that's really all I'm after is the research. Go get me the numbers. You bring me the numbers. I can put my own voice and story to it pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, so I send those out in terms of bundles, sometimes five articles, 10 articles at a time, get them back, put my voice over it, schedule them in WordPress. And, you know, now it's just a matter of time of just waiting. I typically go on, move on either to the next development project or, you know, back to doing the show in terms of Kickstart Commerce, the podcast, um, tutorial videos, the likes. So. And how you mentioned that on the one site you did um, uh, an Amazon affiliate instead of Google advertising. Um, and then you also mentioned on this, uh, the cord one that you were doing lead gen. How do you decide uh, which to do? And do you think it's important um, as you're doing this to stay aware of the industry? Is it important to do a variety? Or just tell me more about that. I have a different question, but, but answer that first. So the question on the same topic. Yeah. So, so what's interesting is, so I was kind of muddling my way through of just trying different things from a local standpoint, because I realized with me being local, I had a greater yeah. chance of actually developing a site and developing a relationship. So back to relationship, mm -hmm. develop mm -hmm. a local relationship with someone, meet them, be able to either flip the site or do legion for the site. And so what I ended up figuring out was you don't want to do sites like uh, pet sitting, um, nail salon. So, you know, more of the entry level services, you want to go higher in, in terms of legion. So like HVAC, it was, uh, quite lucrative. Um, and I didn't really figure this out because I was charging something like $250 a month. Well, that was too low. Why was it too low? When you're talking about you live in Texas, especially central Texas, and the mm -hmm. summers are just a hundred and off the charts blazing with heat. And humidity. And humidity. So then you, you know, you consider a typical unit's going to run you sometimes six to eight thousand dollars, and that's on the lower end of things. Mm -hmm. So some of our houses are two units. So you start talking about ten thousand per unit. Well, now we're looking at a maxima. You just purchased a maxima or a mid-size sedan, and so then it got me thinking. Well, wait, if I'm charging two hundred fifty dollars, I actually need to be charging a percentage of whatever I drove to that person. And so that led from going $250 a month to 3%. So mm -hmm. that looks like, you know, hey, you can go from making $250 all the way up to, you know, 1800 sometimes two grand, depending on what that, that 
specific lead led to in terms of services, um, you know, rendered. Nice. Drew, what's your question? So, um, I've always said, so I completely understand the reason for developing all these websites um, because of your background. And so number one, you have an advantage. And number two, you want to maintain those skills. As it pertains specifically to domain investing, however, I've always said, and, and I say this because of my tremendous amount of experience in completely failing to build a bunch of websites, as you described, uh, including local websites, you know. Uh, uh, would you recommend to folks that they do that? Or do you think that people are better off uh, just straight up investing in domain names without an eye towards, oh, I could develop a business on this. And, and let me just nuance that for a second. So when I say, do you recommend people to do this? I, I mean, you know, building affiliate websites, lead gen websites, you know, d developing out sites, even if there's a niche, they might have some, some expert knowledge in. Um, or do you think that they're better off focusing the time and resources on just straight up domain investing? So let's just say this is somebody coming in to, they're watching this show and they're like, oh man, I, I, I like what this guy's saying. You know, he's got one website making five, 10 bucks a day. He's got another website making five, 10 bucks a day. Suddenly, you know, you're putting food on the table. And like, I, that was the model I liked when I started. I was like, all right, you know, uh, Josh, um, uh, on his josh.co podcast the other day was talking about, you know, he had a number, uh, he had to hit $275 a day, right. You know, whatever he had to do, make $275 a day, just to, that's what, that, that's, that's the number. That's what I got to do. So I'm going to keep that. If this is going to be a business, it's the number. And back in the day, I, and I've said it on the show before, you know, I used to say my number was $250 a day. That was 2009 sitting in Panama, sweating at the desk. And I just looked at it, you know, staring at my computer every day going, all right, what am I going to do today to make $250? It doesn't matter if I make $10,000 today, I still got to make $250 tomorrow. And so I did what you're talking about. And I was like, all right, I'm going to launch this website and make me a couple bucks a day. And I got a couple domains making a little parking income. And I got this and I got that. And the reality is that me personally, I wish I could go back, do it all again, scrap all the freaking web development I've ever tried to do, ever. And uh, take all that time and all that money, double down on my domain investments, and I probably wouldn't even be on here with y'all. So uh, <laughs> my personal opinion is, you know, focus, focus. And that's a lesson I'm still trying to teach myself because I still lose that focus every day and get involved in projects that I shouldn't be involved in. But what do you think? As obviously coming from a very different perspective, because this is your background. Yeah, so, you know, so I'm going to hit you with, with something that's interesting um, just about me. So a lot of people who, if you hang around me long enough, you start, you start kind of figuring out something doesn't add up in terms of the time in the day and how much I get done. Because <laughs> a lot of people go, now, wait a minute, how are you tweeting? How are you producing content? How are you producing a daily uh, domain list? How are you producing podcasts? How are you developing these sites? And a lot of it is through early on, I learned the power of automation. 
And so because I have a software. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> right. And I still have to figure out the power of automation. That's a lesson right. that Mike team tries to tell me about every day. I, I falls on deaf ears. Exactly. So when you, so when you preface that to say focus, well, when you put focus and automation behind it, now you grow exponentially. And so for me, it's like I, so I used to go through a great example is I used to go through, um, started doing a daily list, kind of like a domain chains list. Um, started doing that by hand. It would sometimes take upwards to, you know, a couple hours if, you know, four, I'd probably say four to six hours. Yeah. And it was all said and done of putting together the list, exporting the list, putting it, putting it into WordPress, linking all the links, so I took that process from a four to six hour process to now, Drew, I basically go in. So like later on tonight, I'll go in, I'll select what names I want to be just a part, not even of tomorrow's list. I'm just selecting names that I see and like and go, these things have value. This has value. Mm -hmm. That has value. This doesn't have any biz, but it has value. So I basically wrote a script that thinks like me. So I throw it the five. How did you do that? Tell me how you're going to start I mean, crying. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, so I basically so we're gonna have another show just about automation and writing these scripts. And yeah, everybody tells me about their scripts. And I don't you know, I'm feeling pretty left out, to be honest. Wait, so, I want to interrupt. Yeah. Um, where can our audience sign up to get your um, expiring domain list? So if they go to kickstartcommerce.com in the right hand um, side of the page on the sidebar is a blue bar that's called the daily scoop. And if you sign up there, then you'll get um, the daily domain list. Okay. All right. Now tell us about this, 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 this script you wrote that, 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 that can do what the way you think, because that's correct to me. And so I, I basically download from GoDaddy's um, expired domain auctions, download the spreadsheet, upload yeah. the spreadsheet to uh, my server. The script runs every day, roughly, I think it's like 4 a.m., probably Texas time, that it'll run. And it creates um, three different, basically four different lists. So there is an emoji domain list. There is a uh, what I call a GoDaddy expired domain auction with bids. And then I also do a list of GoDaddy expiring domain auctions without bids. And then it also runs, um, I believe it was Snap Names. Uh, and so it runs that, that list as well automatically. And all the thing that I have to be sure to do every night is to upload the list. And so I take a process now that was, doing, that was taking me sometimes four to six hours to do all these lists. And now, you know, I spend probably maybe 30, 45 minutes at most picking out the names, uploading it, and then the script does the rest for me. So I, my takeaway from Drew's question and Alvin's answer and Drew's pain points himself is this. Um, if you have the skills and the resources already in SEO or SEM, it's probably valuable to invest some time in experimenting so that you can see ongoing trends, practice and learn, and possibly bring in some ancillary income. Sure. Um, if you don't have those skills, then you really have to look at your time and resources. Do you want to invest your time to acquire those skills, 
or do you want to invest your time otherwise? And I think depending on your overall domain strategy and your overall business strategy, um, you, you may or may not want to do that. Um, but I think either way, automation in as many ways as possible is key for really doing anything online or pretty much doing anything in life. I mean, and, um, and being more efficient. And sometimes it's worth it if you don't have those skills on your own to bring in an efficiency expert or someone who can build some automation. And other times it's not worth it for that particular project. So probably just um, you know, make a one-on-one -on -one decision. But it's super cool that you have built that automation, Alvin. And actually, Drew, I think that's a great idea. We should have a show with a panel, like Siger is like automation ninja. Um, we should have you on, Alvin. I don't know who else. Uh, Drew, you're not invited because you suck at automation. <laughs> no, I'm, I, 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 I'm the guy they're gonna, they're gonna all like, they're gonna be like the panel of experts that like takes me who's handicapped and like, you know, fixes me. Yeah, good so, luck with that. <laughs> so Steph, there, there is one thing that I wanna say in, in terms of you summarizing that up, which I think is great. And, and it's, it's a matter of authority sites versus the, the niche or niche sites. And so one of the things is you have to be able to decide, is this something? So like take a Peter Askew, um, who does Vidalia onions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you look at that and I go, he's the authority around that. There's no one else that's really going to, you know, um, surpass him, if you will, at, at least at the current moment. And so you take something like that versus a firewood site. So, just for the audience who, who, for people who aren't familiar, Peter Askew has uh, VidaliaOnions.com as well as many others. He's got DudeRanch.com. He's got he's got a bunch of different sort of very niche. His mo is basically some weird niche that <laughs> nobody else is trying to compete in, and he'll just come in and dominate it. And he's built a multitude of very successful websites and businesses in these strange niches, and he uses an exact match domain name. Yeah. Uh, that just dominates the category and gets him instant credibility. Exactly. He becomes the authority. And so you really have to take a step back to say, if I don't have these skills, you know, in eight, then what you really have to come down to is it, it becomes a cost analysis. Is me investing my dollars and time into this authority project or this niche or niche project, what's the return on investment? You know, for me, it's a matter of I'm like, I don't really I don't really care one way or the other, because one, I know that I can get it ranked. Um, and so as long as I'm not spending way more hours, because I realize even with the dog site, it's now starting to make income. But, you know, you look, I probably may have spent maybe two to three days worth of my time. Why? Because I can obviously spin up WordPress websites, pick a theme out, match that theme. Um, set up newsletters, do all this other stuff, but I can do it in a compressed time and automate the process in and of itself. So for me, the upside is way larger than someone who doesn't have these have the skill set and have to go hire out people. Um, mm -hmm. Their long their runway is a bit longer in terms of realizing uh, profitability, and I would say that it would your uh, the service that you're bringing or the, the target, if you will, of what you're selling would need to be higher in terms of your profit margin for you to be able to make back what you invested in. 
excellent uh uh, help in discerning the difference and the value between the two. Super cool. Hey, can we talk about your domain portfolio? How big is it? What do you specialize in? Uh, what's your coolest domain? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah so. What's your strategy with your own portfolio? Um, so, it, so it's interesting. It has changed over time. There was a time, like I said, that I focused on geo-service domains okay. um, and flipping those. And at least in this current day, um, it's a bit more challenging in terms of getting above maybe that the 500 mark with those domains in terms of being able to flip them. I mean, I've been successful doing it, but it's far and few between. So for instance, uh, I hand registered Allen, A-L-L-E-N florist.com, which Allen tech Allen uh, is a city in Texas. Um, and it's part of a, the DFW metropolis. And so I hand registered that thing in October and then I think Wait, October twenty. Uh, October let me see. Alan Floor. Yeah, so October of 2019, I registered it and then flipped it as of January 27th, uh, 2020. Um, and the it was listed at eleven eighty-eight and was purchased. It was a buy it now. Um, and so, you know, it netted $950. That's that's an anomaly, um, you know, because most of most of these types of uh, domains are probably going to go anywhere from that 250 to 500 range. And so I focused on geo service domains, but then I also have what we call. Um, so I'm also investing on behalf of my kids. So there are some domains that even if Drew were to charge me up with the, all the expletives he wants to, I go, he's not getting his hands on this domain because it's going to go to my kids. Um, and so there are ones that we just say, okay, hey, um, so like, for instance, um, one of the ones that's kind of neat, kind of cool, Crypto Locker. And so a lot of people will go, oh, well, that's probably related to the cryptocurrency. No, actually, Crypto Locker is a, um, I believe it was like a ransomware um, from a couple of years ago. Oh. So I wound up, someone let it expire. I picked it up. I think it was like $175 a couple of years that ago. just happened on my and, you know, it, here it is, you know, a couple of years later, and at least it's valued by go, I guess the go value, GoDaddy's go value is something like $12,000 or something like that. But that's one of the ones that we'll likely keep or hold on to. Um, and then uh, there's obvious ones like familybrown.com. Well, my last name is Brown. So it'll likely either stay with us or be developed into to something. But most days in terms of what I'm flipping are really two word, um, two word domains uh, these days. Two word dot coms? Two word dot coms. So hey, most so of my portfolio we go, Before we go there, can I, can I ask you a quick question? Because this is sure. something that, that, you know, this is one of the sort of really high level questions that I'm super intrigued by. And I like getting lots of opinions. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously uh, we own a lot of very good domains and, you know, um, the reality is I truly, truly, I really don't want to sell any of them. Uh, you know, the smaller stuff, sure. But I, I really like every domain that we buy, like really good domains. I'm like, I don't want to sell this. The market simply doesn't agree on what I believe is the value of these domains. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, you know, I die, you know, 
you know, my wife and I die, things will go to the kids. So, but then I also pause and I'm like, well, you know, but who knows, you know, 10 years from now, look at the rate of, you know, uh, change in the world and, you know, technology right. and uh, who knows how we're going to navigate, you know, the internet or what the internet's going to look like. Uh, or if we're going to have some decentralized version of the internet or who knows where we're going. Right. And the reality is that I've actually come up my journey over the last, you know, 12 years, I would say I'm the most secure I've ever been in my mindset about um, the value of domain names for the next decade. Like I, I just don't, I don't see anything happening that's going to disrupt that. Right. But beyond that, I, I really don't have an answer. So what do you, what do you, not, not in terms of specific domains like crypto locker, but just in terms of your thought process, what is your thought process there about like buying names that you want to leave, leave to your kids? Uh, I mean, your kids are young like mine, um, you know, in a decade's time, they're still not going to have much use for these domains. And so, um, you know, what's your thoughts on, on that topic, just in terms of like, you know, our kids and uh, are they going to care? Are they going to like these domains? Are they going to care? Are they going to appreciate them more than we do or less? I had a call yesterday with a guy, you know, millennial guy, successful, uh, you know, moderately successful startup guy. You know, he's in his 20s and he's, you know, sold a couple small businesses and he's building one that could be big now. And, you know, I was talking to him and he's all bad. He's like, man, domain names are amazing. He's like, these are so cool. I don't know why people buy cryptos. He's like, they should buy domain names. These things are awesome. <laughs> um, and so, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe our kids are going to be like, oh, my God. I, you know, I can't believe you owned those domains and you sold them. How could you be so stupid? Right? Or they might be like, why didn't you just sell these things and give us the money? Like, I don't want these domain names. Right? So, so where do you fall on that? I mean, obviously, if you're saving names – uh, for your kids, then you you know you've got a position. So what what do you think? Totally. I mean, there there's a percentage that are you know just designated for the kids, and if this is what they you know if they decide to, it's very much like I equated to me selling un, unemployedamericans.com. If you don't know what you have, you know you'll you'll sell it for anything. Um, and if yeah. that's what you want to sell it for, then I I'm dead. I did my part to ensure that you had it in your hands. Now, what you do with it, once you get it into your hands, that's on you. I, I would yeah. hope that I taught you how to steward, how to at least see the, at a, at a bare bones, a foundation of the value of a domain. But if you go and do something crazy, you know, that's you, I can't <laughs> stop that. Now, that I will say is also there's a percentage of the domain names that, you know, I have sitting at After Nick, I have sitting at Dan, and um, they have buy it now. You know, a great example yeah. of that is uh, atxhealth.com, which it fooled around and it sold for $899. I like to kick myself because of the current climate that we're in with COVID. I was like, oh, huh? When did it sell? Recently so, in this pandemic or before? So, yeah, it sold May 15th this year. And was that like you just didn't realize it and hadn't repriced it because of the pandemic? Right. And so there, there's a lot of things that I'll go out and do, for instance, you know, I'll take these geo service domains, for instance. Uh, so I did health.com. So city plus health.com um, went out on a promo registered probably a couple hundred of these domains. 
and I'll just put them at different prices just to see what things will sell at based upon the, the city population. And so some are lower, some are higher. Well, you know, me not thinking that, hey, I own those domains. Um, and it wasn't until I woke up one morning and saw ATX Health and I was like, OMG, I probably could have squeezed to have gotten a little bit more knowing that obviously thing, I don't know if they're going to use that for COVID or what, but seeing that everything is about health, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, but you're not alone in that. I mean, right. Jason was on here a couple weeks ago. He had the same story. I believe Drew, you had a similar story. I mean, uh, I've got a, know. I've got a couple <laughs> ugly ones. Uh, okay, a couple, couple questions. Uh, Alvin, how big is your portfolio? Today, I'm sitting at roughly about two thousand, which is okay. As, yeah, as that's as a good size, and that's a lot to manage. Um, yeah. So you're that's the cost of having a portfolio that size is you have something like that happen. Right. Uh, number two. Um, your portfolio for your kids versus your own, um, how do you, are they in the same account? Do, how do you manage and separate which is which and not accidentally list them on after Nick or something? Yeah, so, so most of those are in a folder. Um, so I tag those over at, at GoDaddy um, and, and leave those. And most of them are just parked pages. Okay, so you um, just manage the structure, the separation through correct. the folder management. GoDaddy has great folder options within their um, domain manager. Cool. Okay. Um, I want to say about your kids and, um, passing on the domain names. I mean, I think that's what all of us do. You look at what your subject matter expertise is and invest accordingly for your children. I have a dear friend. She has a, you know, probably six figures of a wine collection for each of her children because her specialty is wine. She invests in wine for herself, but each of her children on their 21st birthday will be inheriting a substantial, probably six figures worth of wine. Um, so everybody, you know, and I think we probably all have friends who've inherited a car or artwork or whatever. Um, so you do what you know, and you're right. Your kids either you've taught them to be good stewards and they are, or they aren't. Um, so, but I do have a question. Do you have a, a specific legal structure set up already? Like, are these in your kids' names? Are they in a company name that your kids own? Or is that because everybody in the domain investing community, I feel like is going to get around to that. Have you gotten around to that? <laughs> totally. So, so most of the uh, domains are set up under an LLC. Um, and so I have a total different name for that LLC uh, that's different from Kickstart Commerce. Um, and so those domains are owned by an LLC. And then my wife and I, um, just as timing would have it, uh, it, we're basically going through now in terms of developing what our, our will will be. Um, and so, you know, there are many questions around, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to put, put the domains in a trust? Uh, and so there's so many questions to answer. Um, but ultimately that's one of the things that I'm looking at is, listen, I'm not going to be here forever in a day. Um, and so, you know, it's having things like all of the passwords, the account, um, numbers and names and, you know, account manager or executive contacts, uh, as well as, you know, making sure that she, uh, has, you know, a few contacts in terms of the industry. So there are a few people that she's actually met in person that she, you know, feel comfortable with and being able to contact. And so, you know, it's like you do what you can to, you know, to, to make sure because we're investing 
hours and money into this. And I've seen too many stories that people just abruptly die. And, you know, here, here it is a year later, two years later, their portfolio goes up, you know, and it, it, it's saddening. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, good for you. You're very smart and forward thinking and um, stay healthy, my friend. Um, so, Drew and Alvin, uh, this is your moment. Um, <laughs> what's going on? Thoughts on the industry, um, thoughts on the domain future. So, Alvin and I had a great talk last week and, and he was saying that um, he spent a couple hours talking with somebody about his thoughts on what's going on in the industry right now, what's going to happen in the future. So I'm leaving this pretty open-ended to the two of you uh, to just, this is your jam session. Uh, what's, what's happening? What do you see? Uh, what are you thinking is going next? Who wants to start this off? I'll take it. Um, so it, What's interesting for me is watching over the past couple of years, watching expired domain auctions go from the fifty to seventy-five dollar range upwards, sometimes six, seven, eight hundred dollar plus, um, and also witnessing even some of the higher levels, so some of the high four figures of people uh, bidding them up, and it, a lot of it is there's a lot of questions around: Are these the API bots that are doing this? Um, or is it just new people coming into the to the industry? And a part of me wants to say that it's both. Um, I don't think that it's the API bots all by themselves, but I also think that there are just more people coming into the industry. I mean, think about this. Who can, you can take a, where where at can you take, um, you know, let's say a closeout auction, like the, the allenfloors.com that I spent, you know, roughly, um, nine bucks and it wasn't close out. It was actually hand raised. So eight, eight to nine dollars. You can take that and then ultimately flip it into 950 net. Like where can you go on the face of the earth and do that in a short period of time? So outside of drug dealing. So, so I mean, I I made that analogy. I mean, this was a long time ago before I was, you know, anybody was inviting me onto a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I, I used to make that analogy all the time. I was like, this is just legal drug dealing. Like, uh, you know, I'm buying names. I'm, I'm, you know, buying a little portfolio, breaking it up. And, you know, I'm selling dime bags and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going great. Um, I, you know, I'm going to break that question up or statement into a couple parts. So, so one is, you know, the APIs versus, um, uh, you know, newcomers, uh, you know, the reality is, is, I'm the wrong guy to answer that question, but I've got my own thoughts. And, and I think that, um, I think it is a mixture of both, but I think it's also important because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding in the industry. I've never been smart enough to have an API bot. Um, I think we need to pause and say, what is an API bot for anyone who doesn't know? Oh, hello, yeah, Mr. Let, Arvation. Let, Would you like yeah, to answer him, that question? Take that. So, <laughs> So I do, I have a, a, a GoDaddy account. I know probably going to get hate mail, emails, all this other stuff um, that is quite old. But, you know, anytime GoDaddy starts a service, I sign up for it. And fortunately, it worked out because the API access, at least for this given API, there is no longer, you can no longer gain access to it. Essentially, what this API does is GoDaddy has their back end um, infrastructure open to whereby you can use, um, so think of it as an application uh, protocol interchange or handshake. So I can write a script 
that can go out, go to the auctions, um, and pull down that given domain's details, what the price is at, how many bids, um, when does the auction end, and all of this. And basically, I can go through and create a formula that says, okay, th for this given domain, I'm willing to spend upwards of blank. If it if we meet that and it goes beyond it, then I may say, I may set another threshold, a high threshold of don't go 30% over what my strike price is. Um, and so I don't necessarily use it for the bidding purpose, although I could, I, I typically use it for domains that don't have bids. Um, and so when a lot of times in some people, you'll see a domain and it'll end auction and you'll go to re you'll keep refreshing thinking oh it's going to go to reverse auction likely someone like myself who's using an api or another entity um, using an api has basically used the api to uh once it goes into reverse auction the moment it does we use that api to purchase or make purchase at even that uh 11 i think is where godaddy starts a reverse auction um, so we, we basically use API to purchase at that price point. Or a lot of times if I know a domain will go down to $5, I'll put my strike price at $5. And as I'm sitting on this call, the script is running. So it's acting as if it's me all the time while I'm here with you all. Um, but so that kind of gives you visibility of the API. But so here's the differentiation that I think is super important is that Yes, that gives people the ability to bid in more auctions in real time that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to bid in. But my point, and what I've never understood all the, all the uproar over these APIs is that like, all it's doing is automating what a room full of people sitting in front of a computer could do, right? So, so the, the, it doesn't change the demand. And so that's why I've never understood why people are upset about an API or not using an API. It's like, you know, you're going to put in a proxy, you got to set a, a, a number in your, in your API that says, this is my strike price. This is the proxy I'm willing to pay. And instead of setting that proxy at GoDaddy, you've set that proxy in your API. And so, but it doesn't change the outcome. It doesn't change the price. All it does is give you the ability to bid in more auctions in real time uh, you know, set it and forget it, so to speak. You can be sitting here talking with me and not having to bid in auctions. Your bot is doing your work for you, but that bot is still only able to bid what you tell it to bid. So I've never really understood why people get all upset about it. So, so let me add to that, Drew, but now take it a step further and say I start adding machine learning and artificial intelligence to it. So as well, I'm just winning certain bot. names, you know, as I'm winning certain names, it's learning at what price point we're, we're winning certain names at. And so you now then take it to that next level to go, okay, if I want domains that are like this, what am I going to, even though I set this price, it can now go out and say, oh, but wait, we know that the market is actually going 40% higher. Well, what do we do? Well, how bad do you want the name? Mm -hmm. I'll take the A, you know, I'll take the artificial intelligence or the machine learning over it and it knows how to choose that. And so I go, now you're basically sitting there with a system who's pretty much Alvin Brown 2.0, 3.0. So. Yeah, but I mean, look, anybody that's got a problem with that, you better, you know, you better check out now because 
That's Alvin, I think you need to like do the robot, and we'll have Alvin yeah, yeah, like, on the show. I mean, you know, look, I'll be the first guy to complain because I'm the guy, that, you know, I'm the old dog that doesn't want to be taught new tricks. <laughs> and so I'm the guy, you know, I am out there bidding against you and you've got a smarter bot, but you know, whatever, uh, you know, if I'm willing to do the work. Drew, right, the know. world is afraid of Drew Rosner 3.0. <laughs> the world doesn't <laughs> well, yeah. need that. <laughs> yeah. Coming to you near a screen soon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I kind of derailed Drew what you were going to say, because I felt like our audience needed to hear first about what the API bot. Well, no, that, that, that's all I was going to say was that, that, you know, um, one is I don't have an answer. I, I, I really don't know. I, I notice the exact same thing as you do. Prices are going up. No question about it. Right. Auction prices are going up. Angie's prices are going up. Prices are going up. Number of participants um, is going up. And I think more than anything, I think it is, I think there really is a large number of people coming into this industry. I think this is a developing asset class. And, um, you know, I think that's what we've all been working for, for, for a long time. And it's right. starting to happen. And, yeah. and I think it's starting to happen because all these macro things are converging, right? It's like COVID and work from home and layoffs and PPP and, you know, uh, you know, people got a check and all, all this stuff. It's all converging. You got to find a way to make a living. You yeah. got to find a way to make a living. You got to find a way to make a living. And, and, and I, I stand by it, man. I mean, despite those comments in Twitter about the, the domain industry being so racist, I, I, I'm not so sure that's true. I, I, I think that ones and zeros don't care. And, and you can just, you know, get in the GoDaddy auctions. I don't care who you are and make a living. So um, uh, I think that that's all part of it. I think that it's just a bunch of macro factors that are pushing more people into this business, a bunch of macro factors that are making it more apparent, more clear why domain names are valuable. Um, I think you've got all these people going out to try and start a new business. And, you know, I, I've had, honestly, no joke, like probably five, six friends in the last two months that have come to me and been like, hey, I'm starting this new business. Uh, I got literally two, two, two WhatsApps right now that I've, I've avoided <laughs> responding to because it's people like, you know, I'm trying to get a domain. And, you know, they both asked me and I was like, well, you know, here's who owns the domain. And I, this is kind of what I think it's going to cost. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. But I, I don't want to spend that kind of money. And I'm like, well, good luck. You know, good luck. Go, go get the dot horse. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and they're like, yeah, but dot horse, I mean, that sucks. And it's like, yeah, you're right. That's why it costs registration. That's why nobody owns it. And uh, nobody you know, hits up I, their friend who owns a Corvette dealership and is like, I really no, want. They do. That's the thing test is like, I, I, that is what happens. Like, like my friend, his family, you know, they they have an amazing collection of, of, of uh, uh, antique cars, amazing collection. And, you know, I know my mom, it's like, you know, the exhaust isn't sounding very good in the car. You know, let, let's call Dennis. And it's like, Dennis doesn't want to help you with your exhaust. Dennis is working on like, you know, a 1963 split window vet. Like he's got more important things to deal with. And, and so, you know, whatever. You're the car guy, you're the car guy. You're the domain guy, you're the domain guy. You know, you're the SEO, SEM guy, you're the SEO, SEM guy. Uh, just is what it is. Hmm. Well, I'm going to be calling you about a bat site soon, uh, Alvin, then in that case. 
Upwork, here, here she is. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're coming up on an hour. Do we want to go over a, pro I mean, we kind of talked about the one profitable flip already. Do you want to talk about rockettrader.com profitable flip or sure. are we out of time and we should wrap it up? Sure. Let, let's talk about uh, it. I think it's we, so is that like off the, is that little segment right there off the. We're on the record right now. All right. We're still yeah, recording. I mean, I, I, I have to slide here soon, um, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about the flip. All right. RocketTrader.com. You bought it two years ago? So I bought it August of uh, 2018. Um, so roughly total cost in was about $30 and then sold it as of April the 8th. Um, it was listed at $58.52 um, on Afternick. And what was interesting about the story is that a GoDaddy um, I guess probably a broker had contacted me via email says, Hey, I have this customer. They're willing to submit a $4,000 offer. And so I was like, eh, okay. And then I didn't respond to the email and I'm glad that I didn't because by the time I woke up the next morning, it had sold. So it was just an interesting situation. So I don't know, uh, really what transpired, I did respond to them and said, hey, let me think on it. And then by that next morning, I, I got up and I was kind of surprised. I was like, well, I may accept that $4,000 knowing that, you know, total cost in was 30 bucks. Um, but to my surprise, you know, hey, they went out, purchased it on the buy it now. And those are the things that dreams are made of. You want more of those uh, types of sales to happen. So it's just an interesting sell to to begin to even break down to understand, okay, what actually happened um, that, you know, they wound up just doing by now. Interesting. Congrats. So you bought it as a GoDaddy expired auction for right. about 20 bucks plus the $9 renewal right. and just put it up on after Nick set it and forget it for mm -hmm. two years. Exactly. Okay. And you know, it's interesting because Drew's favorite phrase is time kills deals. And that is true in particular negotiations or especially right. high level negotiations. But I mean, time is a crucial negotiating tool sometimes, even though you didn't mean it to be in this case. Right. But if somebody's got a fire under them and they're worried and they know it's a buy it now, somebody else can grab that. Hmm. Works out in our favor. Yeah, good for you. Or, or it can. can also go, it can also go against you, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Timing, I mean, I think, you know, just timing is everything, says it all. Good, bad, otherwise, timing says it all. Totally. Yeah. And Tess, I often use, like, buy it now. You know, I'll set many of the domains buy it now through afternoon because it's a, Obviously, it's a larger reach. Um, the names are exposed, especially in terms of the registration path uh, for registering a domain. And so oftentimes I'll set a buy it now, but then um, I may, you know, go out to Dan and put it as a make offer. And so, you know, it's just a, it's just a matter of kind of working the two against one another. Now, that can also work against you that you forget what you put one price at and you don't go check and there you've left money on the table, but that's a part of the game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alvin, thank you for so many insights today. 
Um, I'm really excited that you came on the show. Um, I think it's cool that your podcast listeners and our podcast or video viewers um, can all connect. I'm sure, you know, three quarters of them are more the same people, um, but people don't get to see your face quite so often. And um, certainly good to have you join us. Uh, Drew, thank you for uh, pushing it to your kids' bedtime uh, just to make this show. Um, Alvin, I can't wait for our next show together. And uh, we'll see you all next time. See you later, Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks.